I'd like to thank Nom Nom for sponsoring this episode. If you've listened for a while, folks, you'll know I'm a big dog lover. Having lost a long-time four-legged best friend last year and gaining a new puppy this year, they're a part of the family for sure. That's why I'm excited for you fellow dog lovers out there to get your hands on fresh food made with whole ingredients backed by veterinary science and make sure your dog is getting the best diet possible with Nom Nom. Nom Nom is full of fresh proteins and vegetables like beef, chicken, peas, pork, kale and more not hidden away in the food but visible your dog's health starts in the gut a better diet means softer coats more energy, better breath and we all love that dog breath don't we and smaller more consistent stools your dog can't tell you if they're healthy but you can tell when their health improves so how does Nom Nom work? you tell them about your pup's age, weight allergies and protein preferences they'll tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them straight to you, you can store them in the fridge or freezer until mealtime they'll then give you specific instructions on how to transition your dog from foods like kibble to always fresh nom nom for best results finally you can watch your dog clean out their favourite dish and see that tail wagging ready to make the switch to fresh order nom nom today go to trynom.com slash that ufo and get 50% off your first order plus free shipping plus nom nom comes with a money back guarantee if your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days nom nom will refund your first order no fillers no nonsense just nom nom this is ross coulthard and you are listening to that ufo podcast Hi everyone and welcome back to That UFO Podcast. My name is Andy and I am joined for a breaking news breakdown podcast thing uh, by Dan, all the way from somewhere in the US of A. Dan, welcome. Hi, hi. I'm actually in Hopkinsville near the near the events of the Hopkinsville Goblin, um, or Goblins, I should say, there were multiple. So uh, yeah, it's it's been real cool kind of hanging out here, but it is very, very hot. It's very hot, as you know, in the UK as well. Probably not as hot as the US, but it's a different hot when you're abroad. And yeah, you know. and there's air conditioning, right? Like we don't have that in the UK, so there, it just there gets unbearable. Is. Yeah, we do not. Uh, but listen, yeah. So breaking news: things are heating up, Dan. Also in the UFO world, as we mm. know, um, recently there was new language, uh, and I'm probably going to bastardize this, and Dan will correct me. But the US Senate Select Committee on Intelligence, the SSCI, has improved legis- uh, approved, not improved, they have approved legislation, uh, and that was by Senators Gillibrand, Rounds, Cornyn, and Rubio. You'll recognize at least some of those names as UFO, UAP champions as such. Um, with language that, and I'm going to really dumb it down, Dan, before you probably come in with the proper stuff, language that looks to smoke out any UAP, UFO technology that may be in the hands of the government or tech that may have once been in the hands of the government and passed on to friends thereof. Does that sound right? Yeah, that's a, that's a really concise explanation of it. Uh, we we have every year for the past what three years now. Um, we've we've had new language kind of passing through the committees, and the thing to remember with this language is that it isn't written kind of in a vacuum. It's written, it's informed. So the things that people are about to hear us discuss, uh, they're put in that legislation because Congress knows a little bit more than us. So they're making some really pointed language to start really attacking these these almost niche niche programs, right? 
So is this a little bit like they have seen the the movie a couple of weeks before it's come out, and this is the non-spoiler reviews? Great yeah. analogy. Yeah, Thanks. exactly. <laughs> I pull those out my ass at will, don't I? Um, so, <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is part of the 2024 fiscal year Intelligence Authorization Act. I'm just going to read Dan because I've got a quote here, but I'm taking this from D. Dean Johnson's wonderful reporting. He's normally incredibly timely with these things. He's like an AI bot, but for congressional UAP language. Like he, it's like he's got it literally as it comes out the printer. I think um, he does yeah, a good absolutely. job on this stuff. He, he works as a as a lobbyist on Capitol Hill, so he has a lot of connections up there, you know. So this is this is how he sees it before us. Yeah, peering through the window. Um, but this is what he says, and I'll quote: "The new UAP language found in Section One One Zero Four of the bill would require." any person currently or formerly under contract with the federal federal government that has in their possession material or information provided by or derived from the federal government relating to unidentified anomalous phenomena that formerly or currently is protected by any form of special access or restricted access uh, to notify the director of the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office or Arrow within 60 days of enactment and to provide within, this is important stuff, 180 days or six months, a comprehensive list of all non-Earth origin or exotic unidentified anomalous phenomena material possessed and to make it available to the Arrow director for assessment, analysis and inspection. Hmm. So some interesting things straight away, Dan, to unpack within that. What what grabbed your attention? Yeah, I mean, that that's exactly the, the bit that grabbed my attention. There's a little bit on where they speak about propulsion kind of technology, uh, saying that anything that doesn't use traditional rocket technology, and they specify a few different things, but they're basically playing guess who now, right? They're hitting the, the heads down on the board and kind of saying, okay, what's left? This is anomalous stuff. This is the stuff we want to hear about. This is the stuff we're talking about. If anyone has hands-on, if anyone has seen it, anyone has worked with it, uh, you've got 60 days within this being enacted. So that would, in previous years, that's been around Christmas, around the holidays. So essentially, once we hit the holidays and Biden signs this in, they've got 60 days to, to come forward with a, you know those claims. Then till about May, June... Uh, to show up with that full comprehensive list. And then also hidden within that is that Arrow should notify Congress within 30 days of any one of these two things happening. So essentially, we're, we're trying to kind of shore up those the, the lack of stovepipes and get some communication kind of going because that's not what's happening. But I was, we'll, we'll get to it, I'm sure, but I was surprised to, that there are some things missing here for me that I, I was shocked by. But we are at the beginning of the train journey, right? This happens every year that the Intelligence Authorization Act is one thing. Then we've got the National Defense Authorization Act as well, which will run on a parallel track. And then at some point, they'll be smushed together as one. And those differences will kind of be balanced out. And that's when we'll have a final language that goes to the president. So if anyone's feeling dismayed by this language, that it's not enough, don't feel too awkward about it. You know, things are going to change. Start talking to your officials and feeding back to them and saying, hey, I want to see this in there. I'd love to know what uh, what Roscoe would like to put in there. And if anyone's feeling a little bit confused by this language, you've got me to be confused along with you trying to work it out at the same time. <laughs> so don't worry. Um, what what kind of stood out to me, Dan, within that 180 days, and this is some of the commentary I've seen online as well, is that, you know, anyone with a government contract and you're thinking private contractors like Lockheed Martin, Boeing, etc., those types. And it's amazing to think. You named them this time. 
Oh yeah, I named them. But I was just about to say though, think of all the ones that we probably don't even know of or have never heard of that their names could come up and you would be like, no idea who this is. You know, like when you go and buy a TV and you see like a blow punked and you're like, huh? And then it's, ah, uh, that's not one of the big names, but then you realize, oh, they make TVs too, etc. Other people yeah, know them. Yeah, sure. It, but essentially, these contractors have, um, they may have been holding UFO technology as we suspect is the case. They have kind of got a, get out of jail free card i mean literally um that there would be no criminal proceedings brought forward for anyone who does decide to basically go okay so i'm mr a leon and i um i I work at lockheed martin and i'm one of the higher ups there i'm guessing in charge of one of these programs and we've got bits of a craft from i don't know the phoenix lights and something fell off and they retrieved it and they've been working on it now for some time and they're they're getting a bit hot and sweaty under not just the heat but you know this you know enactment and all the kind of pressure coming on them and they'll think you know what we need to hand this over because this is getting a little bit too too much the idea being that they can hand it over and there won't be any issue around how they got it how long they've had it what they've been doing with it you know the fact they've kept it secret it'll be a case of just give us it no doubt there'll be questions but there won't be anything brought against you or held against you um is that is that right yeah yeah precisely it's it's referred to as like a safe harbor provision people will see it as amnesty you know that kind of it's the same as you know we say whistleblower see bassett says no witness and it's kind of like that you know we're using loose terms but I just want to mention that if it does not protect against if anyone in these legacy programs comes forward and says that they've murdered in the name of or discredited in the name of, it doesn't protect people against charges on that. So if anyone's broken the law doing these programs, the law is coming for them still. So don't feel dismayed by them getting this amnesty. I still don't know around all of this. Right. It sounds it still sounds too easy, almost too good. Um because there seems a lot of language here that's leaning towards the non-human aspect of things. And like you say, getting rid of all the crap, you know, the, the, the wheat from the chaff or getting down to, no, no, what is the real anomalous stuff? The interest in videos, the interest in technology, the bits that are really, really, truly something else. Is, is there still no chance, though, that what this is getting at is keeping military superiority over Russia, China, etc.? Yeah, that's a really good point. There's a there's a statement of kind of intense. It's called a sense of Congress section right at the beginning of this language. And I'll just read it. And all this does is kind of explain their justification for this section and for the things they put in this section. It says, due to the increase in potential for technological surprise from foreign adversaries and to ensure sufficient integration across the United States industrial base and avoid technology and security stovepipes, the federal government must expand awareness about any historical exotic technology uh, antecedents previously provided by the federal government for research and development purposes. That's basically kind of saying any exotic technology that could give us a leg up over foreign adversaries, we need it because we need that leg up over foreign adversaries. I'm sure when senators read that section, they're going to be thinking of the Chinese spy balloon and things like that as opposed to ET. And that's okay. It gets us to the same place, you know? Not not just the balloons, though, because, again, that was... For all that was no doubt more advanced than just a balloon. It had some really high, highly sensitive equipment on it. There's still going to be some very cool bits of tech, such as drones, unmanned drones that are flying very far. Some of the things that may be buzzing Navy ships. Well, we, we've said this so many times before, probably have been Russian <laughs> or Chinese tech the same way the US will do it to them and other countries too. But 
there's going to be some amazing bits of technology that no doubt they want to get their hands on and reverse engineer that that aren't of alien origin. However, the stuff we're interested in and the people listening to this is the alien stuff to, to cut through the crap. And are you comfortable looking at this? Again, we are saying this as non-US citizens. I know Dan's in the US just now, but so for anyone looking at this going, God damn it, you don't pay your taxes here. All that hey, stuff. I've, yeah. I've bought yeah. a bunch of stuff here, so I've paid tax here now, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, and I've I've paid loads of times for stuff being delivered from the US, you know. The, there you the, go. Yeah. So how, how, how much was that mug I sent you from the, the Starbucks thing in, in the US? Oh like my seven, god. Seventy bucks for postage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Dan sent me a coffee mug that ended up costing an absolute fortune because of the duty of getting paid on it. So yeah, um, but yeah, sorry to, to go back to the, the <laughs> alien alien technology. Um, are you comfortable looking at this language that it's got the right people behind it pushing this stuff for the right reasons that they do really want to get to the the, the alien stuff, the non human intelligence, and that that's why they're getting they're really weeding out, like I say, that that language. Yeah, 100%. You know, we're, we're looking at people like, and they've made statements over the past few weeks, Gillibrand, DTC, they've all kind of been asked about Grush's claims that have been coming out. And they've all said, hey, look, we've heard this, we've heard the deposition, we've seen the evidence that we're, you know, qualified to see by a classification. And we're just as curious as you, we want to get to the bottom of this. And the senators keep mentioning public hearings. So chances are we're going to see people with that kind of direct evidence being asked, okay, time to put up or shut up, speak on public TV. We'll let the public kind of, you know, judge you if you're lying to us and and start really bearing down on this. Um, another part of, of this, and it's not in the UAP language, um, oh, sorry, in the IAA, it's in the NDA, which isn't released and publicly available yet. But Gillibrand press release saying that Arrow has actually, you know, they've secured full funding for Arrow. It's vague at the moment. We don't know how much it is, um, but it certainly kind of alludes to in the past, like maybe last year, that Arrow's funding was kind of cut short. So their reach was shorter or their resources were less. So we're seeing this really kind of this effort strengthen now. And it's it's down to Sean Kirkpatrick now to kind of do the work. And I know we've been very kind to him and a few people have said to us, you know, it, it's it's an operation. He's just, you know, a, a dog and pony show type thing. But as I've said before, I've also heard that, you know, the analogy is that Sean loves playing chess. He's just realizing the board is rigged. So we have to set these people up for success and kind of take them at their word. And this is the effort we want. We've got three years left left of this office let's see where it goes you know Let, let's give them all the support we can and see see if this really pushes the boat out well he asked for the money didn't he and the and the it wasn't a hearing was it the public public meeting the whatever it was with him and gillibrand and the the others like it, in, and that very small meeting room. yeah i mean it sounded it's as much didn't like it? It was the, <laughs> yeah the, the unclassified public portion of the hearing a few months ago uh, and he basically said you know i've not got the resources we don't have the funding to do what we need to do and i think gillibrand pretty much said you know we we can sort that out for you um yeah she almost sounded sympathetic towards actually maybe you have been a bit hamstrung and we could only suspect that came from the meeting they'd had before that which was the classified portion of, of the briefing um so yeah um something she, that, oh go on sorry i was just going to add in as well that that one bit that i i failed to highlight when you asked what stood out for me there's also a whole section basically saying hey look you can no longer run an sap if it's not reported to congress ah, so that's my next bit 
Oh, cool. You, you yeah, that was that. No, no, oh. no, that, no, no, that, that, that was it. I was literally going to say um, there's language that includes prohibiting future funding for any programs not explicitly approved by Congress. So like you say, yeah, that uh, if if someone wants to kickstart this uh, in future, uh, another special access black budget program off the books funding or funding funneled through x y and z to get to where it needs to go it's is basically illegal and goes against yeah. what they're being mandated to to come forward with however surely and again i'm just coming at this as an idiot they just call it something else then you don't have to say it's we're looking at anomalous phenomena materials do you you would just you would just call it something else and there would be a thousand atips and osaps and and all other kinds of budgeted programs that you don't know anything about and it would just be hidden away elsewhere. They're not. They're not stupid. These people. They've been doing this for a long time. And and if it is in a private contractor, and to be specific, contractors are included in this language. They get real specific, saying no money's for engineering or management security or recovery operations. But if it is in a private contractor, there's no guarantee that the person there that's responsible for making sure they adhere to the law even knows about this stuff going on. The the more we hear, you know, from Ross and Grush and people like that, um, we. It, it's starting to look like maybe, like for example, if it's Lockheed, that the guy that runs Lockheed now doesn't know about it, that way back when agreements were signed and this is kept to a real small group of people that kind of talk across and, and secretly so. So it's really it's really difficult to start getting your head around how we even tackle this when our hands were, were strung together so long ago, you know? But this is why I'm so stoked about it and trying to be positive about it. We're, we're on the right path, I think, but something missing here that that... I was hoping to see, and I hope gets added, is Sean Kirkpatrick mentioned specifically they didn't have Title 50 access uh, back in the, the the hearings or that review. Which is, just remind people what that is again. Yeah, for sure. So Title 50 access basically gives uh, access to all intelligence community assets. So we're looking at like satellites, all information, you know, it gives the power for him to start compelling people like the Air Force to give him the information that he wants. And if they withhold, he can kind of report it and say, hey, they're not playing ball. So we want Title 50. Lou Elizondo, when he was working ATIP, had Title 50 because that was part of his job. At the moment, Arrow only has Title 10. So there are legitimately places that they can't reach or compel people to give them information from. And they really need that information to get all the puzzle pieces on the board, right? With it without the full puzzle, or at least the picture on the front of the box, you're never going to be able to complete the puzzle. Thinking, I think most people listening to this will have seen Independence Day at some point. Any kind of alien movies had a scene like I'm going to describe here in a second. Yeah, very, yeah. Now, you know, like when they go out into the desert and you see Brent Spiner, who famously played Data in Star Trek, he's the the scientist who's Ed Cookie and he's been under the ground for years and they're working on the the craft that they've got that they they found. That wasn't a Roswell craft, was it? Is that what they say in the movie? I can't remember. I can't remember. Do they say that's from Roswell? Quite possibly. I might have made that um, up. It would make sense. Either, either that, way, that would be the yeah, they've, thing. they've got the craft and they're working on it and they're trying to reverse engineer it and they say they've been down there for years and you get the impression some of the higher up military folks go back and forward to the base and it's out in the desert, it's buried under the ground. Um, I'm, I, I reckon, I don't think it's too far a stretch to say places like that exist out in the desert inside the mountains, under the ground, you know, in forests, wooded areas, way, way out, um, far away, for all kinds of reasons, for research and, you know, development, that kind of stuff. Are those folks who maybe do have the bigger bits of craft, are they really sweating over this legislation and language? I just feel 
they're going to be so removed from this type of government bureaucracy and they would just probably see this as just red tape, wouldn't they? That, you know, this doesn't affect us. I'm not even not even giving it a second thought because what we're dealing with is so beyond any of this. And I know I've had, had heated conversations, I always like to say, or debates, never arguments, you know, with people who would say, no, if this is what Congress demand and this is our government, they have to do it. And it's like, really? Like you say, there have been people who have lost their lives in this topic keeping this secret or, you know, getting involved with this secret. And does does this legislation really change that? And I suppose that's the negative way to look at it first. But what are your thoughts on that then? I, I totally agree with that. The, the trouble is that, you know, you get the conspiracies that kind of come in and they go to such extremes, you know, we're talking about 5G and stuff like that, where they they just kind of paint a picture that the second anyone says, don't trust the government, people think that you're kooky. When in reality, like, sure, the government may not be full on malicious, but pockets in there might be. There might be operations that are kind of against the American people. We've seen it, right? Uh, they, there's a history of it. Um, Jim Semivan, I remember your face when Jim Semivan said to you that uh, the government never did this. It was like, really? You, you know, uh, the, the truth is somewhere in between those two extremes, as always, right? It's in that gray area. Um, so the, it highlights one of the things in the sandwich that's missing for me. There's no incentive. There's no threat. There's no, hey, if we find you, this is what you're going to be facing. And that's another thing that really needs to be added. It feels like they're kind of starting to tiptoe up to the, okay, we've had enough now. We're going to start sending people to jail as soon as we find out because we know where you're working and we're just going to start throwing you in, in behind bars and you know, trying to compel you and actually threatening your your livelihood and reputation and things like that. But like you say, there's... I mean, certainly if I was in one of these programs and I'd signed up willingly for one of them, I'd look at this legislation and be like, oh, you know, the kids are still bickering in the background. Anyway, onwards with the work on this universe shattering technology, uh, you'd feel like you were doing something for the greater good, right? No, no one's necessarily full on evil. People wake up righteous in the morning and they think they're doing the right thing. So there needs to be a little more, a little less carrot and a little more stick uh in this before it gets passed i would say so yeah you're absolutely right on that i'd like to thank liquid iv for sponsoring this episode folks you've heard me bang on about my own health and fitness journey the last year or so and how it's true that by looking after yourself you just feel better staying hydrated is key to having the energy to get through your daily routine feeling good that's where liquid iv is the category winning hydration brand fueling your well-being and their hydration multiplier is the one product you may be missing in that daily routine Eating and drinking healthy can sometimes be boring, but the range of flavours offered by Liquid IV takes care of that, with lemon and lime, pina colada and tropical punch among some of the best, though I'm particularly fond of the strawberry lemonade. Just one stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone, containing five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12 and vitamin C, with three times the electrolytes of premium sports drinks and its non g GMO and gluten-free, dairy and soya-free too. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code THATUFO at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code THATUFO at liquidiv.com. The, I, when you mentioned Independence Day, I just remember the when the president goes in and the scientist, you know, he, they haven't been able to make any developments for years and years and years. Mm. 
And then finally, he's like, the last 24 hours have been really exciting. And the president just responds like, exciting isn't the word I people, use, yeah. you know? Yeah. Very people different perspective. Out there. Yeah, you yeah. got it. Is that the, ever, ever since those guys turned up, all the gizmos and gadgets have all just turned on. You like, got yeah. it. Yeah, I remember it well. Got the second one so bad, but I really want really to see the third, is. which will never make because where we took the fight to them, that was going to be so good. Yeah. yeah, if I ever won like the US Powerball, which I don't play, so I couldn't, and won like a billion pounds, I think I would spend half of that on making Independence Day three just to see what it looked like. Um, Absolutely, we've been buying lottery not... tickets as we go, so if I win, I'll make sure it happens. Yeah, that, that, that has credit. to happen. Yeah get that crowdfunded uh, by Rogan, <laughs> probably. Um, but yeah, that's that's just the way I look at this, and I know that's. I try and look at different views of these things, the good, the bad, the ugly. And I just think that's one of those that do you really think these guys are sweating this? The the men and women in charge of these programs that have been working in these for years are so far removed from all of this that they're never even approached or they won't even get to them because they're protected and they will be not because of this, just because of what they do. It's just something completely, I don't know. I don't have the, the language or the elocution to discuss this properly. But yeah, that, that's just the way I feel with some of this is it's it's too easy to go, well, Congress have said it, so now it's going to happen. Um, Plus maybe we, we baby steps. So. Yeah, baby steps, exactly. we we got to remember, like if you, if you think about what two companies, when they merge, there are going to be projects and things like that that just kind of get lost in the shuffle. And these aerospace companies have, have been birthed and merging with each other since as long as I can remember. You know, Lockheed isn't Lockheed. It's a conglomeration of other companies that in the 40s, 50s were formed and came together. So imagine the amount of money involved. Imagine the amount of people that are working there. Imagine the secrets that everybody knows and how used to it the people are like, oh, don't go in that room. And they're like, oh, okay, sure, no problem. You know, they don't question things. Hey, take mm. a look at this material, but don't ask what it's for. Okay, no problem. Um, this this is how that trickle down happens. And this is how these stovepipes are created. Uh, how, how do you tackle that? I don't know. Yeah. But, um, Pl- you know, it's plausible it, deniability. Yeah. Plaus- yeah, plausible deniability. You got it. Yeah. Um, I was going to say something else. Oh yeah, so um, this comes out. This will come out almost straight away. So on on Monday the twenty sixth of June. Um, so people will be hearing this a few days after that. The Richard Dolan interview will drop. Some people will have heard that already if they're on Patreon, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, something I brought up to him was so again nothing we haven't discussed before, Dan. But it was to do it with. And as I take a mind blank, I might remove this. I might not. Um, probably getting to the point I have to remove this. It was to do. Oh yeah, so nah, that, that's fine. People can just hear my train of thought. I remembered. I remembered what it was. People I like to Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, I remember saying to to Richard Dolan that because he was a little bit unhappy, the idea the U.S. government is just finding out about the UFO phenomenon now. In two thousand four, these tic tacs appeared, and oh, what are these? And you know, NASA's now getting involved, and he says it's it's almost condescending. You know that they're doing that, but I I brought the point up that surely. If it comes to it, then that's just the way we have to go along with this. And maybe that would be a way to, to circumvent all of the these legacy program folks having to come forward, that if they come out and the US government, I say I'm talking about the US government, if, if again, the old analogy, let's use the lazy one. The president comes out tonight and says, OK, we have detected something. Um, with our US Navy and here's a video and we see this massive tic-tac, it was last week and we're putting it out there, we don't think it's human, yada 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 99.9999% of the world's population will not care about Roswell, the Phoenix Lights, the 2004 Nimitz Princeton they will be happy or they will just go with 
okay, this is real, let's go from now. And if if UFO Twitter and others want to to bang on about, we need to lock people up, we need criminal proceedings, the majority of folks won't care because they don't they don't know. And it, you'll just have to kind of swallow that and accept it that, well, that's that's not going to make a difference that a couple of hundred people or a couple of thousand people are banging on about this when the realities change for everyone else over here. It's just I just can't see, and I could be wrong, obviously. I just can't see why people would go back and say, well, do you know what? Lockheed Martin and private contractors have had this technology for decades. They, they won't care. Yeah, cool. I mean, it, it'll be out at that point, right? And and that's what kind yeah. of people have wanted. Um, there's a sense of justice that goes along with this, sure. But those people that cite any agreements that were made probably no longer with us so we'll probably be given a fall guy that some it dude you know down in the air force in the basement or something like that something showy that if you know lawyers like danny sheehan and other people start pushing for, for justice on that front we'll just get essentially a dog and pony show to kind of say yep cool it's out let's just all move on and, and actually tackle this uh, the issue itself is bigger than the past 50 years it's going to affect us for the rest of humanity's existence yeah um, and if anyone wants to check that one out and give us some feedback with Rich Dolan, it was it was interesting. Really nice chatting to him. Um, made some controversial. Well, it didn't. It wasn't really controversial. I won't go into it now. But he made one or two opinions known very slightly that weren't UFO related, and then he moved on very quickly from them. Um, so yeah, just a few people I, mentioned I love, that. Love that thumbnail as well. You know, his flowy locks. <laughs> the the, the long flowy locks. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dan, just on this, so there was more language coming in the NDAA, which is like you say, is due by the end of the year. Not Normally before Christmas. Yeah, exactly. We, we should see the NDAA kind of unleashed for public consumption soon, and we'll be able to see it and kind of feedback through, you know, the usual channels, get in touch with your senators, get in touch with your officials, let them know what you want to see added. You know, this is this is what they're there for. This is how we got here is through applying pressure. So the more pressure, the better. There were a few kind of other sections that, that might be kind of pertinent to our cause. Uh, one was mm-hmm. that the DOD's anomalous health cross-incidence team have been instructed to include efforts related to emergent directed energy weapons. So essentially, we're looking at Havana syndrome, things like that. You know, there might be some crossover there. We've also seen an extension of uh, whistleblower protections in terms of their right to sue. So it is now specifying um, that you know, cases in which the, the whistleblower's identity is unlawfully disclosed, they can bring, you know, legal action against the person. And that's what we've been hearing happen with David Grush. And that's why they rush the story out is because someone leaked his name. Uh, you know, he would no longer feel the pressure to do that. And actually, that's a, that's a good exercise. Let's apply this to the Grush case, right? So essentially, if David Grush came forward once this had passed, uh, he would give his stuff to Arrow within 30 days of that happening. Kirkpatrick has to report everything to Congress so they can start applying pressure. And within 180 days of him telling Arrow about this, he has to provide literally a list of every single thing that he knows about this and get all the materials from the witnesses that he's claiming he's spoken to. So this isn't just legislation where someone can rock up and start telling stories. There's there's kind of weight to this now. It's Essentially, it's, okay, well, you've got six months to prove it. And if someone did rock up and tell a story, like if David Grush was literally embellishing a lot of what he said, that is a huge, huge waste of time. And like he has said himself and others, that's, you know, that's, that's jail time, isn't it? That's, that's, that's bad, you know? Yeah. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that just gets exponentially worse than if he's going to stand in front of the public and do it, which is what he's done. And I'm sure he'd testify if there were hearings coming up as well. Uh, so to finish on that one then, Dan, reasons to be hopeful, reasons to be cautious. Let's go with cautious first, okay? Because I've I've leaned on the negative a bit and not meaning to do it on the language. I'm just trying to look at both sides of this. Sure. I'll just say, I, I really hope that this is literally as it is on paper and because to me it looks like it's leaning towards non-human tech and the non-human intelligence side of things um dan do you want to mention actually the liberation times piece oh, from yeah. chris sharp yeah what he this, he'd got this yeah. was a really this was a really good get from chris so credit where it's due chris sharp applause um he got a statement from susan goff where she specified that when the dod's say extraterrestrial they are not including what we deem as non-human intelligence. So when Kirkpatrick stands there and says, I've seen no credible evidence of extraterrestrial activity, that doesn't include non-human intelligence. It's a real weaselly way to get around different bits of a language. So when you look at their statements, um, like, for example, I'm just going to read this statement. And when I read this, just keep in mind, extraterrestrial doesn't include non-human intelligence. Uh, To date, Arrow has not discovered any verifiable information to substantiate claims that any programs regarding the possession or reverse engineering of extraterrestrial materials have existed in the past or exist currently. They've essentially completely avoided the question there. Uh, You know, it's like me saying, hey, do you like pizza? And they say, I don't like tomatoes. And you're like, well, do you like pizza? Do you want to answer the question? (laughs) You, You know? Um, worth keeping in mind and stuff like that, you know, when you're querying Susan Garth and the DOD, if you're any journalists are listening to this, keep it in mind, specify non-human intelligence in the future, because that's what, you know, the term they're using. Uh, it's, it's like asking about UFOs and then they say, well, you know, we don't do UFOs, but we've got this thing called UAP that we look at that kind of sounds similar to what you're, you're saying, but they're not going to tell you that, but, you know, you've got to get these terms right in the questions. Uh, and, that, that and was to really... To really drill that down, though, and dumb it down, essentially what you're saying is, you know, we have got no... And again, I think we kind of said this at the time when we were being nitpicky with Sean Kirkpatrick's statements that, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we have nothing to prove these things are coming from space. But if he was asked, and not that he would say this, you know, but Sean, are these things human? Oh, God, no, they're coming from under the water and they're not from... No, they're not us. That's basically what that could mean. Not that it does mean, but it could mean, yeah, so... Yeah, exactly. You got to remember that bureaucrats wiggle around and give themselves a buffer and plausible liability, as you said earlier. So, yeah, non-human intelligence is the phrase we want to be using now going forward. So, reasons to be hopeful and cautious. So, reasons to be cautious of this, then? I would say reasons to be cautious is that it doesn't go far enough. Uh, we're looking at essentially some soft language here, some interesting language nonetheless, but some soft language. However, Oh, I was going to go to the optimistic bit, but you're going to ask me that next. <laughs> um, yeah, go on, yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, reasons to be optimistic is that, I mean, just just stop and smell the roses, you know? Three years ago, we didn't have legislation. We didn't have 16 senators signing a letter saying, take this seriously, investigate this. We didn't have the president signing bills with UFO language in it. Uh, for, for all of the quabbling about, you know, is it real? Is it not real? Uh, we we've this ball has moved forward a hell of a lot, and that's thanks to people like TTSA, Tom DeLong, Semi Van, you know, Lou Elizondo, Chris Mellon, Leslie Kane, Ralph Lumenthal, David Grush, Ross Coulter. The list goes on and on and on. But it just goes to show we can apply pressure, and the world can change because of this. This is what we're looking at right here. So keep going. We we've got 
you know, this amount of time that we've had since 2017, we've got this over again to keep applying pressure. So it's only going to get more specific and it's only going to get more pressuring to the people inside these programs. Um, I, I hope we can get to the point where, you know, they start coming out, people with direct evidence and actually providing these full lists to Sean Kirkpatrick to the point where, you know, I, I want him to feel like he's doing his job. I want him to feel like he's got something to share with the world and get real excited about it because, you know, people certainly so far have said that he doesn't feel like he gets very animated when talking about this world changing thing. I'm sure if he had a piece of UFO technology in his hand, he'd, he'd be like a little kid on Christmas morning. He Even if he does providing it to Air Force, right? Yeah, but he does sound like the kind of guy if you phoned him up and told him he'd won that one billion dollar Powerball jackpot, he'd be like, "Oh, okay, yeah, thanks for letting me know. I'll, I'll pass that one." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. like the best news in the world would just be like, "Shh, off his back." Like, like the, um, the neutral planet in Futurama. Yes, no, no strong feelings either and, way. Tell her I said hello. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, speaking of neutral Canada. Um, Member of Parliament, (laughs) Laddie McGuire, Dan, just to finish off on this other short news story, um, Manitoba Member of Parliament, uh, Laddie McGuire, wrote to the Canadian Minister of Defence recently uh, this spring, suggesting the the country country, uh, had participated in a secret multi-nation programme devoted to the recovery and exploitation of material from unidentified aerial phenomenon. UFOs, obviously, folks. But um, this this has been around now for a good few days now. We hadn't commented on it too much. Um, but just just your thoughts, Dan, um, on that because this is alluding to the Five Eyes Agreement, and we often talk about why don't other countries get involved. And just um, last week, I mentioned one of uh, I had uh, someone from uh, ugh, I should know the name of the organisation. They uh, work at a religious education centre, and uh, they basically spoke to me for a piece they're writing about. The Bible and UFOs and, you know, the religious aspect of it and all that kind of stuff. And as someone who's non-religious, they wanted my side of it and how I, how I view that, given who I've spoken sure. to in the podcast and stuff. And it was really interesting and they were really nice. And do you know what? Um, listen to the podcast as well. So I won't say your name yet, just in case you didn't want that. But yeah, hi. Um, hi and thank you. Yeah, really knowledgeable and really open-minded, which was great and gave some really interesting ideas around why he doesn't think demonic's the right phrase to use, even if it's, you know, com- comparing tomatoes and tomatoes. Um, but yeah, so we, we see Canada basically confirming that, you know, they're, they've been involved in, in UFO recovery, UAP recovery. I'm going to guess, Dan, not surprising. Yeah, not surprising at all. You know, it it was encouraging after seeing the UK denials and silence on attending even that Five Eyes forum that Sean Kirkpatrick said he set up and conducted a week before the hearings. Uh, Canada are actually having the conversation. They're saying, we're taking this seriously. Um, Someone fed back to me saying that, um, you know, uh, Larry was, he's in charge of a small area and doesn't have much kind of weight to kind of push the issue. But to that, I say everything has to start somewhere, right? The you, you start with the snowball at the top of the hill and it just keeps gathering weight. And the more people talk about this, the more people will feel comfortable to talk about this. This is stigma reduction in action. So by writing that letter and it coming out, hopefully a few more Canadian MPs will start kind of going, yeah, actually, Larry's got a good point. Let's let's start talking about this and, and actually engaging on the issue because it's not like we're far away from the US and we're probably seeing the same things in our airspace. Um we know there was a, a spy balloon that went over there as well, over Canada. So so mm. that kind of intent of Congress there definitely applies to the Canadian project. Going way back to, um, there were, I say rumors, but not really rumors. You, you know, they weren't that crazy. So <clears throat> it's the kind of thing that you'd see come out. 
there have been satellite crashes in Canada, which they've recovered and they've delivered directly to Wright-Patterson Air Base. And if you're well-versed in the history of UFOs, then you know Wright-Patterson is supposedly where all the crash retrieval stuff is kind of kept. Um, satellite debris would, would fit the bill of crash retrieval, right? Um, so yeah. if everything's going there to be studied, it would make sense that the Canadians give stuff over. The, the US has the biggest military budget or defense budget, I should say, by an exorbitant amount. You know, even when we're comparing to China, it's crazy. So essentially, we're, we're seeing... Is it not everyone budgets. else's budget combined, but more? Yeah, basically. Um, you, you know, when, when the US kind of says, oh, we're scared of China, we're scared of Russia. I mean, you know, it, it's essentially like Elon Musk being scared of my salary, right? It, it's not... <laughs> There's no comparison. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, one might sting you, but it's really you're going to be over it in five minutes, right? There's nothing a bee can do to you, and that's sure. Tell that to Macaulay Culkin. Yep. Yeah, right. Macaulay Culkin. Good movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, essentially, we're seeing these other countries start playing moneyball and trying to catch up on this issue. Uh, so for me, it makes sense that Canada's talking about it because they kind of need the help. Um, and as we all know, when other countries talk about it, it always gets pinned on, well, it's U.S. secret technology. If the U.S. are involved and people with the right classifications are talking behind the scenes, then we're going to be able to strike those things off and they're going to be able to say, oh, yeah, you know, I can't tell you what it was, but we had something there at that time. So you might want to just move on, you know? Yeah, that, that's always my thing with this, that when people come up and give you the, it's always the US, why is it always the US? And we don't hear about it in the UK or any other countries. Well, now you can go, well, actually, they spoke about it a little while ago in this in this meeting with Canada, the US, etc. But we just don't hear about it. We're much better at either keeping the secrets or, yeah, we don't seem to have the whistleblowers coming out from the UK or the witnesses for Stephen Bassett um, to come out and say, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we, worked on, we worked on X, Y and Z. So yeah, interesting stuff though, um, Dan, and very, yeah, very, very, very much worth a very quick note. I've not actually read the news yet, but it looks like the uh, Project Titan had a little bit of progress. Um, I saw a tweet earlier, uh, Paolo Gazzardi had put out, and it looks like things are still in motion there, because I know very recently Project Titan and the uh, uh, government of San Marino being involved in the UAP topic at the United Nations looked like it may have stalled a little bit. But that seems to be something I've not really read about it yet, but it looks like there's still kind of good news with that progressing forward as well. So yeah, progressing all, all to go. serious discussion, yeah. which is what we which want. 100%. Um, yeah, all good. Dan, um, next up, I've got Richard Dolan interviews coming out this week. I'll get a preview out next week, folks, of the guests coming up for July. And I've still got a couple to get back to me. And Dan, oh, that was it. I wanted you to finish off just mentioning uh, the Roswell uh, conference next week. Oh, yeah, sure. So uh, next week, Vinny and myself and Graham Rendell, um, as well as Ryan Sprague uh, of Somewhere in the Sky. Virtually, we're all, virtually yep. We're, we're all going to be presenting at the Roswell conference uh, called the Roswell Incident. You can uh, jump on and get tickets at rdrincident.com. Um, there's a whole host of really cool guests there. You know, Ben Hansen's doing a Skywatch. Uh, there are so many that might bring their Abel. Bryce Abel, I'm really looking forward to meeting. Um, if not, to just say thank you for Dark Skies and his work with Ross and things like that and wish him luck with the right to strike. Such a good guy. And he, he's very learned on the whole. One of my favorite pieces that he's written was about the John Lennon UFO sighting in New York. Mm. Um, it's a three-part piece. Highly recommend. Just chuck Bryce Abel and John Lennon into Google and it'll pop up and you can have a read of it. He, he's really good at kind of 
digesting this in, in a very open way. He's currently working on a kind of Betty and Hart Barney Hill script as well to kind of get moving. Um, so Bryce is one of these creatives that just, you know, is out in the right place with, with getting this conversation moving. So I'm really looking forward to meeting him. Uh, we'll also be showing, uh, you know, the first episode of Phenomenology season two. Uh, that premieres on the 29th of June. Um, and if you use the code PS2, you get 25% discount at the moment. So that's great. Uh, it's a little cheaper for you to kind of see. Uh, we do experiments and kind of start tackling essentially the low-hanging fruit. So when people say, oh, the lights on the mountain could have been hikers, we're going to test that theory. And you're going to see the results and be able to note the differences uh, between what we caught on camera and what the torches look like. So we can actually run that down. Um, I hope people enjoy that, essentially a live investigation. Um, props to Galileo Project as well. Uh, carrying on the transparency, we're getting kind of almost, it feels like daily blog posts from Avi live from you know the ocean where they're dragging up these kind of interesting anomalous magnetic pieces of debris that they think is from the first interstellar object that they track coming to Earth. Could be a meteor, but it's going to have interesting composition and tell us more very, about it. Anyway, very quickly, on. very quickly then on that, because when I've been looking at the post, I'm always intrigued to see what others' comments are. And mm -hmm. Avi seems to get a lot of criticism for the pieces one for being speculative that they could be something interesting which i don't think is that's very fair to, to you know to have a go at him have a go at him for that um he's quite entitled to do that but being a scientist you know he wants to put the work in and the results sure. will come out from the work they're doing too so he's not saying this is alien let's go prove it as he's saying oh this could be something really interesting we're going to do the scientific analysis and mm -hmm. present that so that's that's going to happen i think it's just fair to say that avi loeb has a real interest now in the UFO so, uh, topic and is very engaged within it and is a prominent figure within it as well, which is great to have someone that serious and with the, the Harvard Association as well, obviously. Yeah. But what do, you, what do you think of that approach from an Avi Loeb that they're finding all these bits of metal and some of the comments are basically, you know, this could be anything, stop propagating that it's the UFO pieces or alien fragments. I mean, the phrase, it could be anything, includes UFO pieces and alien fragments, right? Like, it's almost irresponsible to say, oh, hey, you know, this is 99% certain to be UFO pieces or UFO fragments, but we have to leave that on the table so we can do proper study and, and kind of see if they're anomalous. Whichever way we look at this, we're looking at science from outside of our solar system, which is really hard to do. It's really hard to read those things. You know, the James Webb Telescope, that's exactly what it's up there for, is to look way beyond the stars that we've already looked at. So for a piece of that to, to fall to Earth, even if it's not UFO, that's going to be big news when they start going, oh, the composition of asteroids outside our solar system are this. Uh, it's really helpful for, for astronomers, and NASA will love it, and the scientists will love it. We'll see peer-reviewed papers. Maybe we'll even start seeing similar isotopic ratios to materials that we've come across before that we, we didn't understand. This is the kind of science that you have to do. You have to find out what is known before we can say what's an unknown. And it's narrowing it down slowly but surely. Avi's work, you know, updating us every day. Just to compare, you know, there was the unfortunate news this week that some guys, a group of scientists went down to the Titanic and their, their sub imploded while they were down there. And for like a week, they were looking for them and they didn't know what was happening. And it was, it was tense. It was really tense. And, and my heart goes out to all the families. Um, but it came out that the US Navy had actually heard a sound that they identified as a, a probable implosion. And that news wasn't shared. You know, they could have helped narrow down the search area. They could have helped in various ways. They could have helped the families to, to not hold out hope. You know, every press conference had the guy saying they could still be alive, you know, 
it, it would have changed a lot if the US started talking about their underwater acoustics network in a vague way to kind of give some pointers as to what to look at. Imagine the DOD started helping Avi with, hey, narrow it down here. Imagine the DOD started helping with earthly matters, like let's find MH370, you know, that plane that went missing yonks ago, and, and started applying their equipment to, to more interesting things. We think they do this behind the scenes anyway, so it's no surprise that these kind of conspiracy theories start popping up when they're being less than transparent, right? Um, so it's just to say it's gratifying to see Avi being so open with his science and, and trying to kind of plant that curiosity in people and open-mindedness in people. It's not misleading for him to speculate. This is the point we're at. He'll have an hypothesis and the science will prove or disprove it. And we'll see a peer review paper. And if it's nothing anomalous, he'll say it's nothing anomalous. But to call it this early is not being scientific, quite frankly. <laughs> uh, it's that, I think it's a little bit as well, of just to finish up that thing people do online when they see someone else excited about something they're working on and they just want to shoot it down. You know, it's like, well, do you know what? He's, he's excited about the work he's doing and the people he's involved with and what yeah. they might be able to find and discover. So let, let him enjoy that. But it's 2023, you know, hate, 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 <laughs> player haters ball, uh, Dave Chappelle's famous uh, sketch, which uh, <laughs> is what springs to mind. Exactly. Would, would you like a, a chat GPT space joke to finish up? Do I have a choice? No, you don't know. <laughs> the thing is, I could just cut it there and then I absolutely have a choice, but yeah, go on. I, th I think you might like this one. Um, they've gotten better steadily, I think, as we've gone. You, you've enjoyed it. The last one, one. Uh, one, 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 yeah. yeah. ChatGPT is evolving. Um, uh, how do you get a baby astronaut to sleep? Um, rocket something, rocket. To oh, sleep. you got it. You rock it. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I will like that. <laughs> I got it right. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> Thanks for listening, folks. Speak soon. That is all for this week's show. Thank you very much for listening. Please remember to leave the podcast a review on your chosen platform. You can like, retweet and subscribe. That would all be very much appreciated. The shows are being uploaded onto YouTube as we speak more and more. You can sign up at patreon.com forward slash that UFO podcast to access the shows ad free as well. Please get in touch on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, that UFO podcast. Of course, on Twitter, it's at UFO, UAPAM. And again, folks, as always, keep looking up. You never know what you might see. It wasn't a tic-tac and not quite a saucer, more like a hubcap designed by Chaucer. A little Baroque and quite steampunk, like Alice was playing bass for the Parliament of The little fucker hovered right inside of my window. I'd like to thank Blendjet for sponsoring this episode. You know I am already a huge fan of the Blendjet too. It's a brilliant bit of kit and many of you have picked one up using my promo code, so thanks. I am delighted to let you know it's just got even better. The new Orbiter drinking lid truly puts the Blendjet 2 into the atmosphere ahead of its competition. It's leak-proof, has a larger opening for thick smoothies with room for a straw, and it's engineered to keep spills at bay. I'm surprised Bob Lazar didn't talk about seeing this tech in the halls at S4. It's easy to use, so it can be operated one-handed, ideal for walking around, camping under the stars, or drinking on the treadmill. What are you waiting for? Go to blendjet.com and grab yours today. Don't forget to add the Orbiter lid, and be sure to use the promo code THATUFO12 to get 12% off 
your order and free two-day shipping. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power and innovation of the Blendjet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with the Blendjet 2 Portable Blender. Go to blendjet.com and use the code THATUFO12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping.